Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition, where we shine the spotlight on positive developments since independence in 1962 and the way forward for Jamaica. We also highlight positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition is powered by JN Bank. My guest is distinguished educator Dr. Maurice Smith. He is University Registrar and Chief Administrative Officer at the University of the West Indies. Welcome to the program, Dr. Smith. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Buckley. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Uh, giving thanks. Yes, great. That's good. good. That's good news. Dr. Smith, after 60 years as an independent nation, what does the future hold for Jamaica? Can you share with listeners your vision of the Jamaican society over the coming decades? Well, Baron, with, with due regard to where we have come, as a society and where we are now. The future that I envisage for Jamaica is one that is informed by uh, social justice, where um, our, our citizens enjoy and are assured certain human rights, their basic freedoms are preserved, protected, where there's access to resources. Our people have good healthcare, they have good provisions as far as housing is concerned, there's access to food, um, certainly, there is equity in the society where our people not just participate, but are allowed and encouraged to be engaged in the decision-making processes at every level where there is inclusion. Uh, we do not exclude any social groups, and we understand and appreciate the value in diversity. So that, to my mind, um, would define the vision that I have for Jamaica in, in, in the future. You want to expound some more on the whole matter of social justice and why, why, why do you mention that as, as part of your vision? Well, social justice, I think, is, 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 is at the heart of, of, of what we do and, and who we are as a people. Um, social justice goes hand in hand with many of the issues that we're experiencing now in Jamaica. Jamaica, to my mind, is not a racist society. We do have some classist issues. And I think social justice as a concept, as a construct, as a theory, would help to break down some of those barriers that exist in, in our country. Um, if you think about crime and violence, I mean, social justice is at the heart of that. And crime um, disproportionately affects poorer communities. And I think were we able to tap into some of those issues as far as socioeconomic the status is concerned, then I think would be on a, on, a, on a greater path towards achieving a fair and an equitable society. I mean, I could think about education, for instance. Um, we do not have an, an equitable education system. And again, the structures within our education system, I think, are largely responsible for the kinds of um, crime and violence issues that are continuously impacting our society. So at the heart of, 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 of who we are as a people, at the heart of the institutions of, of, of governance, as at the heart of um, the things that distinguish Jamaica from any other country in the, uh, in the world, I think, really, social justice would help us to navigate better 
um, those spaces so that we can create a more equitable, a more a fairer, a much more transparent and open society where culture and gender and religion and skin color or you know our individual experiences um, we, we wouldn't be as 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 divergent as we are but would find um, greater harmony in working through some of the issues that impact us and I think were we to address um, social justice and where we where we to create a more socially just and fair society then I, I think would be doing a, a, a greater a greater um, service, a, a greater advantage to our people in terms of helping them to construct and create a better, a better kind of society, a, a better future for Jamaica. It sounds to me like you're saying that um, social justice or social injustice is a fracture line running through the society. Absolutely. And, and, and impacts education, showing up itself in crime. But if, if, if that is so, then how do we tackle that going forward? Where do we start? I mean, there's a discussion about the family and the church and education and so on. Where do we start addressing this fracture line then of social injustice? How do we address I, it going forward? I, I think we do need to have some frank and honest conversations with ourselves as far as our institutions are concerned, not just the regulatory framework, not just the law, not just policies and procedures, but I think we, there are, there must be some pragmatic things that we need to do um, to ensure that the system becomes socially just and fair. For instance, if we talk about education, um, if, if, if we look at how our, if we look at the profile of people who continuously run a fall of the law, these are young people, ages 17 to 25 to 28. Um, so this tell us that. And if we, if we trace back and look at the kinds of institutions that these young people would have gone to, almost invariably, they don't complete school. Almost invariably, they don't do well in school. Almost invariably, they, 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 are, they are very absent from, from, from the school. And there's a, a huge disconnect between the institutions of learning, the homes, and then there's a disconnect between the home and the community. So I think there are, there are some pragmatic, organic things we can do. For instance, I think if we were to um place look at the, the, the placement mechanism how do we place students in school at the secondary level we, we continue to have a different mechanisms we've had common entrance we've had gsat we're not pep and truth be told i don't think it's the examination procedure i don't think it's, 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 it's the exam itself that is the issue i think what is the issue and, and the issue which has not changed is how we place our students so those students who come from well-off homes tend to get placed in schools that traditionally do well. And the vast majority of students who come from challenged circumstances are placed in schools that are far more difficult, uh, far more challenging rather. And on top of that, those schools that have far less resources, that have students with greater need and students at higher risk of running a fall of the law and falling out of the system, those schools are funded just the same way as the other schools that have good support from past students, good support from alumni that are able to raise income on their own because of the kinds of proof that the profile of their parents. So there is an inequity that continues to be perpetuated. So I think if we were to look at how we place our students in high school so that there is a, a greater balance, a greater distribution, if you will, I think if we were to look at how we fund our institutions, I think were we to look at how we deploy our teachers, 
um, the, 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 gov the governance framework around our institutions, the, 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 the kind of education quality that is available in these institutions, and how we not just hold these institutions accountable, but how we support them. I think were we to do that, would be, would be, would be going a far way in creating a more socially just uh, society. As you said, there's going to have to be a big tent discussion on this because I, I have seen in the past where where the, where the Ministry of Education, for example, make attempts to 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 do what you just said a while ago, and the, the kind of resistance that is um that is systemic, you know, between the parents, uh, you know, and you know that they really are the ones. No matter how much good policy you make, they are going to find that school that right is so. By the way, they have been rational that school that they think is a good school and that's where they go and so between the society the parents um the alumni everybody seems to be seems to be supporting the social injustices we talk about particularly related to education well, Barana, if you if you if you just allow me, that's an interesting point. But why do parents? First of all, everybody wants the best for his or her child. Everybody, I have no challenge with that. But why do parents need to find themselves in a situation where they are all competing for the same space? We have almost two hundred high schools in Jamaica. I think it's about one hundred and eighty something high schools in Jamaica, and only a fraction of those high schools, perhaps less than 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 twenty, are deemed to be high quality institutions. What is the challenge? What is the difficulty? Why don't we have all schools, why, why aren't we moving to creating a third of these schools or making a half of these schools, eventually all of these schools, high quality institutions where irrespective of location, parents will be comfortable placing their students or having their students placing their children placed in these schools because they are assured that the education they're getting from all these high schools uh, is, is, a, is, a, is a fairly good quality education. That's not, not the case and that's why they compete. The point is if, if we were as a people, the, the instruments of democracy, if we were to ensure that all our high schools were excellent high schools delivering high quality education, if these were effective institutions, we would not have the need for parents to be jostling as to which schools you know, their children go. That's the challenge. So I, I to my mind, yes. I take the point, I take the point. And I, and I want to kick you up the education ladder because we've been focusing rightly so on at, at the, the secondary level. Yes. But what about above that? There is there's this constant complaint that at the tertiary level, um, Jamaica is still running behind um, the best practices. For example, what UNESCO's target of what the, what the percentage of yes. tertiary students should be. Um, is is the social injustice <laughs> um, formula is also being practiced in, at the, the tertiary education level? How do we solve that? Well, you know, I think the 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 the, the data um, suggests more than a suggestion. The data um, proves that the the Caribbean region is the um, region in the world that has the lowest enrollment in in higher education. And when we look in Jamaica, for instance, because Jamaica, I think, is far ahead of the, the, the English, in the English-speaking Caribbean, Jamaica is farthest ahead in terms of the number of higher educational institutions, although countries like Barbados, um, their population is much smaller than ours, but in their population, nearly everybody has a, has a degree that the quality of life is different. Um, the literacy rates are different. One of the big differences between Barbados and Jamaica, for instance, is that in Barbados, it's the government who pays for tertiary education. Now, let me hasten to say, I am not suggesting um, by any stretch of the imagination that Jamaica 
needs to or has the resources to ensure that all its, its citizens access higher education at no cost to the citizens. I'm not suggesting that. What I am saying is that there are other things we can do, for instance, we do not have in Jamaica a national education strategic plan. There are, there are goals, there are key performance indicators, there are targets, there are priorities for early childhood, I suppose, primary, secondary, tertiary, I suppose. But we're in a situation now where I've heard conversations that suggest that priorities being shifted from one to the other. And I want to caution that I don't think that is a, the prudent approach to take. I think we need to look at education, the full spectrum. I think we need to have an overarching national education strategic plan that articulates targets for each because one level of the system, one subsector is connected to the other. And whatever happens at one point impacts and is impacted by whatever happens in, is in the other subsectors. So I think we need to have this global look, a global look in terms of governance, global look in terms of funding, global look in terms of policy and placement. So at the tertiary level, you know, one of the things that we discovered in the tertiary, at the tertiary level, Byron, is that of all, the almost 60 um, higher education institutions that there are in Jamaica, we're all tripping over each other. We're all competing against each other. We're almost cannibalistic because there is not the overarching picture that binds us together, number one. Number two, um, we, we, we're offering the same programs almost, if, if, you, if, if you will. We're, we're being funded from the same pot. We're not necessarily sure of what are the needs that emerge. There is, there, there is not that strong alignment with industry. And so we're almost finding, searching, groping for a space in the dark. I think there needs to be um, a larger um, um, policy at place in play where we all know what is it, what end goals that we're working towards. We we, are, we we all understand the issues of funding. We all understand the issues of quality. We all understand the issues of governance. We're all moving together in a coordinated way because at the end of the day, it's one country. So I do not think that the higher education sector is as socially just as it needs to be. We are, we, we are competing um, with each other. And we have limited resources so to do. So I think if we were to do some consolidation, if we were to do some mergers, if we were to do some greater collaborations, if it is that there were a broader picture, a broader roadmap in which we could all locate ourselves I think it would all go. It would all go well for our creating a more equitable system, not just at the tertiary level, but for the whole education spectrum. And now a word from our sponsors. Run out, run out, run out. Alone, helping you on your journey. Roll out and make a statement in your brand new vehicle. JN Bank helping you find a way. Free runs and assistance from JN. Grace has been part of some special moments over the years, helping to make them, well, more memorable, even when they're a little bit unexpected. And with 100 years of great taste behind us, you can be sure we'll be making even more moments for a hundred years to come. Grace, taste that moves you. From generation to generation, Jamaicans have depended on JN Bank to make the pride and joy of providing a safe place for their families possible. 
now with no processing fees and no down payment mortgage options. You can open the door to your own sweet home, a legacy to hand to your next generation. Visit jnbank.com to get pre-approved today. JN Bank will help you find a way. Welcome back to our podcast. Yeah, in fact, what you're saying is really interesting because rather than taking from Peter to pay Paul, um, we did, you're saying look at the entire national. Have to look at the entire thing. Yes, from, yes, for all the levels and 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 fund them adequately. Adequately is clearly relative, eh? It's relative, yes, yes, absolutely. And, and I'm not suggesting that government has the wherewithal, but we these are the kinds of policy conversations that I. I, I would expect would be taking place. This is the sort of engagement that I would expect to happen between education and industry. I, I don't think we are doing a good job of, of, of doing that. And, and I'm glad you said that because I was about to say to you, if you're visioning Jamaica with a national education um, policy and so on, the private sector has to play a role. Cannot be excluded. In many, in many countries, as you, you perhaps are aware of at the tertiary level, there are so many scholarships out there. Yes. Families actually have their children and just prepare them to say, you are going for that particular one. Right. The scholarships in Jamaica are, are measly. And yes. thank God for those who are, who, are, who are providing them, but they are measly. Yes. And, 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 and I'm thinking that perhaps what needs, needs to happen is that in that national dialogue, that, that um, private sector and civil society, because there are other charitable bodies and so on, Decide that listen, man, our contribution over the next second decades is going to be education. And 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 I mean, in a way, you know, they're doing it because don't forget that the private sector willingly funding um hard trust. Yeah, but to what end? Ah, well, that's, a, to, that's, to, that's another discussion. Exactly. We're all flying in the dark, they're black <laughs> to what end. <laughs> to so, what end? So, so I so would so talk, education to be driving that, that conversation. Yeah. Talk to me some more about that. How 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 we reach the stage where the prime minister himself is saying that boy, we're short of some skills. But here you have an institution that have, that have, is being funded by the private sector to, 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 to get the skills in, and he's saying, well, well the skills are not there. How do well, we? That's what I'm saying. Forward? The institutions are doing the best they can because they're they're, they're wanting to achieve their targets. The, what's missing is the connection with the bigger picture. It is the education sector that must determine what the bigger picture is and then invite everyone to the table. What's happening is that we're all doing our own thing because we're all wanting to survive, but we are flying what we are flying blindly. It is my expectation that the education sector would, 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 and it has the entities, it has the agencies that are tasked to do with the forecasting. When we even talk about skills and competencies, let's not exclude from that conversation matters relating to um, alignment with industry, character development, because I hear um, the, the, the industry partner saying, when your graduates come, they have the theoretical head knowledge, but they're having a difficulty surviving and thriving and living in the real world because the, the content that is being delivered by the curricula seems to be um, removed from the real needs. But how will we know the real needs if industry doesn't, you see the conversation needs to go both ways and somebody needs to take charge of that conversation. And to my mind, that's the role of the, of, 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 of the, the, the agency, the, the arm of government, the Ministry of Education that has that responsibility. When we talk about character development, when we, we, we have too many people or lots of people who leave 
tertiary institutions. And yes, they have the degree, but they don't know how to live. They don't know how to communicate. They don't have the soft skills. They don't know how to hit the ground running. There are too many gaps. We are not forecasting. We're not looking at succession planning. We're not even determining quantitative needs, let alone quantitative needs of the society. And this is uh, symptomatic of the, the big issue that we're, we're, we're functioning in a socially um, unjust and I could rephrase that to be a little bit more palatable. I, I, I think we need to embrace more um, the, the principles of social justice and, and understand that, that education has a significant role to play and what is required is leadership, vision, strategic planning, engagement, um, matters relating to efficacy and quality, matters relating to funding. So I, I think these are some of the policy decisions or discussions rather that need to be taking place with the institutions of and agencies within the ministry, but also with the private sector, the public sector, and, and NGOs. If if you're bringing a private sector entity to fund, to what end? How yeah. do we know that we're funding medicine, for instance, when we should be funding technical funding law, funding humanities? That's the other thing. The humanities are dying. And as a people, we have so many um, artistic and creative abilities that we are nurturing. But you think about the creative industries and the, you know, the orange economy, we're not doing as well as we can, but you know, so when the partners come, should we not be providing them with the appropriate guidance to say, well, you this is where we'd like to get to. This is where we are now. And in order for us to move from here to there, this is what we think your role could be. What do you think about that? These are the kinds of conversations I would expect to be taking place. But you know, part of it, the issue, Doc, is that I um is is um education educators themselves and education administrators. I I I know the government, Ministry of Education, is trying to introduce these these pathways to to um education and and bringing in the occupational uh, side of it and so on. And I I hear administrators from from the traditional. Um, tertiary um, sector saying things like, well, I don't think they can't work, you know, because they're still stuck to believe that if you're not doing a, a traditional liberal arts curriculum, then everything else is, 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 is a sham or a fake. So I believe that part of this broader discussion have to also include people who are currently in the system because they seem to be invested again because i think my word they are that they are infected by the social injustice but, but i'm not sure i agree with you entirely it's i don't think that they are resistant i don't think they're holding on to the vestiges of the of the the two-tier hierarchical structure that we have inherited i don't think that's it i don't think there needs to be that i don't think they are they're asking for or articulating the need to have these 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 two levels that never the twain shall meet. I don't think it's that. I think I think there is an understanding and an appreciation of the fact that we can't have our kids leaving school at sixteen and sitting down with nothing to do. The devil finds work for idle hands and minds. So I think there is an embrace of that. I know certainly I am support the idea that children should be in school and should be continuous. I think my understanding of the of 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 of, of, of the challenge is is the way it is being operationalized. It is, it is, it, if we're going to introduce a new program, a new policy, it's not just a curriculum that's needed. It's not just um, funding for teachers, but looking at the infrastructure. And that again is a, is a whole new conversation because I do not think that as a country, we do well in maintaining the physical infrastructure. Our schools, 
are a nightmarish in terms of the, 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 the ability to maintain and to ensure that they are conducive for learning. Um, so I think it's, it's I think there's an embrace of the idea, but I think it's, it's how we go about implementing. And again, it's the kinds of conversations that take place where we don't just go on in a prescriptive manner and say, this is what is to happen, but we hear from the practitioners what their recommendations are. And we, it's, a, it's a dual carriageway where we, we speak, we listen, we understand each other, and we, we together we carve out a, 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 a plausible workable solution to the situation. So I think it, it, I think it can be implemented and effectively so, but I think it's the way in which we go about it which will make the difference. Again, and that's a, that's a feature of social justice. To what extent do we allow for the, the diversity of views? And to what extent do we allow everyone to be engaged, not just be physically present, but where they are engaged with their views and their recommendations and their suggestions are brought on board, social justice. Yeah, let me change um, to a little bit. Um, in terms of where the, where the world has gone, yes. um, prompted by, by, by COVID, do you think that our current education system, curriculum, everything, um, particular at the post-secondary level. Do you think that we are properly aligned for the world? Because you're visioning now decades ahead. Are we properly aligned and ready for year 2050? We, 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 we aren't ready, but thankfully we, we are not where we ought to be, but we're not where we used to be. I think we have been um, catapulted somewhat so we aren't ready but I we we we, we are we're in the blocks I think we're we're lining up and um and uh, this is uh, maybe unfortunate to say but the I think the stark reality is I think the pandemic has sort of has sort of forced us um to 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 deal with some issues so I'm happy for that I envisage a a, a schoolroom a classroom where there is, is is digital where 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 um you know matters relating to teaching and learning are sufficiently attended to where um where, we we are passing on information and 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 shaping mindsets and building character and developing skills and and proficiencies um for the the the, the, the world in 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 as it will be in in 25 years or so so we aren't there yet we aren't ready but we are getting ready and i think that's better than being stagnant so we aren't where we ought to be but thankfully i think we are where we used to be and 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 there is there is there is mobility and i'm happy for that so we are in the starting block we're in the starting blocks all right dr smith we could continue for another time but thank you very much for this interesting interview your vision of the jamaican um, society a decades down the road thank you very much my pleasure um sir buckley anytime you have just come to the end of another episode of Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition. Do join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Spotify, Audible, Podcast Addict, or on Stitcher. Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition, is powered by JN Bank.